Well, good morning again, guys. It's uh, great to uh, see you here this morning. Um, today, we're going to be talking about joy. And um, if you would turn with me very quickly to Luke uh, chapter 2. Melissa already read some of this, that Christmas story, that part of the Christmas story where the shepherds are uh, in the field. Uh, We've been taking this passage, this one little chunk of passage, this really this one verse, and really kind of spending time on it. And it says in verse 19, and or uh, 13, I'm sorry, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the Heavenly host praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. Remember the first uh, week we talked about this, we said, The higher our, my glory goes, the deeper I, I experience peace. And, and it says, on, her, on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased or with whom he finds favor. Last week, uh, Pastor Kyle talked about, taught us uh, about what that meant and what that looked like, that unmerited favor that God gives us that we don't work for. But God lavishly bless us with when we obey and we, we go, we, we receive this, uh, this undeserved favor. And then it says, when the angels went away from them in the heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And then uh, 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 again, it talks about the angels uh, or the shepherds going. Um, but the passage that I, I kind of jumped in here a little, a little too soon here, back up in verse... Uh, 10, it says, And the angel said to them, and this is one angel talking to them at this time, he says, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. I, you know, don't be afraid, you know, because we often talked about, uh, or we made the point that often when angels would appear on the scene, it wasn't a good thing, you know. It was, a lot of times it was typically God proclaiming that something's going to happen, and usually it was a destruction, usually it was something to be afraid of. And so when these guys out in their field out in the field watching their sheep, saw this angel, you know, this angel manifested itself to them. They were full of fear. And so the angel says, don't, don't be afraid. <laughs> don't, don't be afraid because I, we, I've got great news. I've got this incredible news that's going to rock this world. And remember we talked about when we set this whole thing up, we said that um, uh, Alexander at the time was the emperor and he, and he had decreed across the wor- you know, the, the, the world, essentially, that there was supposed to be uh, worldwide peace. And so when these angels came, really what this angel was saying was, you're not only going to experience this pseudo-peace that man is trying to create, but you're going, I've got great news. I've got news that's going to reverberate down in the depths of your soul because it, it is absolutely going to rock your foundation and bring you incredible joy because you're not only going to experience peace with mankind, but now you're going to have peace with God. Now, there's not going to be this separation between God and man, but God is up to something. God's going to do something. God's going to rock this world, and God's going to send His Son. He's going to become incarnate and and become one of you and take on your sins. Now, that wasn't the whole message there, but that's what what it was about. The angels were delivering this news saying, we've got great news. I've got great news. And I'm going to give, it's going to rock your world, and it's news with great joy. Now, when we think about joy... I wonder how many of us sitting in here has joy. Where we would say, you know, like we sang the song, unspeakable joy, man. Joy to the world. Uh, you know, this unspeakable joy. I wonder how many of us sitting in here this morning is full of joy. Now, some of us may be full of joy because... How much is the gas price right now? Huh? 
You know what I mean? It's like 206, 207. If you bought, if you purchased it in Ohio, it's down below two dollars, right? That's joy. <laughs> in fact, that's almost unspeakable joy, right? You know, I got my, I filled up uh, last like it's a 223. I'm like, oh man, I got to get gas real quick. It's a 223. Next day it was like 217. It kept dropping. I'm like, whoa, you know, because you you just we've been trained and conditioned like when it starts dropping, you better get gas quick because it's going to hike back up. But it keeps dropping. And it's like, for some of us, man, that's like great joy. And here's the point. For some of us sitting in here this morning, our joy kind of rests upon something that fleeting. You know what I mean? It's like situational joy. Well, I'm happy. I'm happy. And then something happens, it's like, ah, I've lost my joy. And see, that's really kind of contrary or dichotomous or conflicting with the joy that we experience here in church. The joy that we experience, not just here within church, but this relationship that we have with God. Some of us, you know, it, it's, I, I'm not so sure we really understand um, what, ha, what we've been given in this relationship with Christ. This relationship that He's given us. In fact, in Matthew 25, verse 21, chapter 25, verse 21, in that He talks about the good and faithful servant, or He talks about the servant, and He says, Well done, good and faithful slave, enter into the joy of your master. Jesus is welcoming in. He's welcoming in the person that's passed on. They leave this place. They go to they go on to heaven. And he's saying, welcome. Welcome to the joy of the master. And what that means, when we come into the presence of God, there's no depression, right? In heaven, we understand, we read, we study, we get that there's not going to be tears. There's not going to be depression. There's not going to be cancer. There's not going to be sickness. There's not going to be loss of loved ones. There's not going to be, there's not going to be these things that just rob our joy here on earth, right? Our, our, you know, our, our joy. What's, it, we're not going to experience that. We're going to enter our time of Sabbath, which means rest. It means we're done struggling with sin. It means we're done with the addictions. We're done with our habits. We're done with those things that we struggle with. We love God so much. We love Jesus so much. But yet, we continue to fall to some of our vices and habits. And it drains us. It drains our joy. And there's a time we read about in eternity where we're going to spend with God in His presence that is just absolutely full of joy. His presence is joy. In fact, the first thing we're going to look at here is whenever I give God the highest glory, He gives me the deepest joy. There's this deepest sense of joy because I experience it in His presence. It's who God is. But here's something you to think about before we really start launching into that is this. Do we realize that the joy that God wants to give us, the joy that God does give us, is not just on this, on that side of eternity. It's now. It's now. You see, that's what this message was. We've got great news. I've got great news to share with you. God is at work. I've got great news. And if you can embody this news, if you can embrace this news, you will experience unspeakable joy. Guys, for us sitting on this side of eternity, on this side of the cross, we can experience that joy within our lives. It's not based upon the price of gas. It's not based upon all these conditional situations within our lives. I've got this taking place over here with this coworker. I'm unhappy. I don't have joy. Well, it's going great. Now I have joy. My job's not going good. I don't have joy. It's like in, out, in, out, in, out. That's not truly embracing the joy that God gives us on this side of eternity. And, and a lot of it, is, it's, it, it seems like for us it's hard to understand that because we understand that that's going to be a reward then. 
But for some of us, it's really hard to claim that now. Where God has said through His Son, Jesus Christ, we will and can experience joy now. So everyone sitting in this room right now can be filled with this unspeakable joy. Now some of us are not filled with unspeakable joy because various things. Some of us may not even have a relationship with God. Some of you sitting here this morning. Some of you, God is chasing, God has been pursuing. You've been resisting it. You're not sure about the whole Christianity thing. You kind of get wrapped up in the whole church thing versus religion thing versus relationship thing. And it's all somewhat confusing. It gets muddied and it gets, you know, it's all muddied up. And because of that, you're not going to experience the joy that we're talking about today until you open up your heart and receive this incredible gift of grace and hope and salvation from Jesus Christ. That joy is offered to you today. Some of you sitting here this morning, you've been Christians all your life, but you're like that. And we've used this before, that illustration where the kid and his grandpa's walking along and they see a donkey. And they said, hey, that, the kid goes, that donkey's a Christian. His grandpa's like, what? And he's like, yeah, that donkey's a Christian because it has the same look on his face as grandma does. You know? You can, I get it, I know. I'll drive an illustration as far as I can. I'll get mileage out of these illustrations, okay? But it's kind of like that, right? You've been around Christians, it's like, wow, I don't want what you have. Please don't get near me because you're a bit contagious. You've been around some other Christians, though, that have experienced joy on this side of eternity, and you're like, that's what I want. I want that. And some of you sitting here this morning, we need a good dose of that. We need to remember that we can have this unspeakable joy that's not based upon relationships. It's not based upon gas, all these other situational things, these temporary things that we have in our life. It's based upon being in the presence of God. Listen to what Psalm 89 says. In Psalm 89, if you want to turn there with me, uh, Psalm 89, verses 14 through 16. Again, I'm going to read from the ESV translation. It's, it's pretty close to the NIV if you're using the NIV. But listen to what the psalmist says about this in um, verses 14 through 16. He says this, Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. He's talking about God here. Righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne. Steadfast love and faithfulness go before you. And then he says, Blessed are the people who know the festival shout who walk, O Lord, in the light of your face. Why? Because they're the ones who exalt in your name all the day, and in your righteousness they are exalted. Verse 17, For you are the glory of their strength. By your favor our horn is exalted. But he says, Blessed are the people who know the festival shout, who walk, O Lord, in what? In the ESV it says, In the light of your face. That's God's radiance. There's no darkness in God. We read about that throughout Scripture, that He penetrates the darkness, the darkest of dark, He penetrates. But God, you know, and we often talk about God's glory, however you want to word that, this, this, this glory. We see pictures of God when, his, when He manifests His presence, like on the tabernacle. When the Shekinah, when, even when Moses, remember when Moses went up into the, into the mountains to receive, where he spent time with God? And he came down off the mountain. Moses came down and his face radiated so much. You remember that? Where the people were like, whoa, you, you know, you need to turn it down. And I mean, literally, they said, you need to put a veil over your face because we can't look at you. Moses had spent intense 
intimate time with God. He was communing with God. God was speaking to him. He was conversing with God back and forth. And because of him being in the presence of God, he had this glow about him. God's face is light. His presence is brilliant light we read about. When we go to heaven, one of these days, we're going to experience that. We're going to see that. But the point of this is that when we spend time in the presence of God, even on this side of eternity, we are filled with His light. We are filled with His joy. We are blessed because we know, uh, again in this passage of Scripture, we know that joyful sound. And guys, we talked about this in a Sermon on the Mount. When we're praying for the kingdom of God to come now on earth as it is in heaven, in essence, our prayer is this. May the atmosphere of heaven come and permeate this earth. God, would your presence, would your presence come and permeate yourself here on this earth? Because when we, when then when we come into your presence, we are going to be filled with your light. We are going to be filled with your joy. So the first thing is this. When I give God the highest glory, I am going to, I'm going to receive the greatest joy because I'm in his presence. I'm going to radiate his, I'm going to radiate his light because I've been saturated with it and I'm full of joy. The next thing I want to share is this. And I skipped a verse here, but if you just go to the next point. The next thing is this, is, is the joyful uh, mindedness. Now, it's been said that the mind of a child is, is kind of like trained at an early, at an early age about, this, about this, this sense of having a spark on someone's eye. You know when you have a baby, it's like people cannot keep their hands off the baby, right? They're so cute, they're so innocent. I mean, a baby just gets passed around. And the baby doesn't really do anything, right? The baby's not doing anything. I mean, it, he, it, the, he or she is just being themselves. And, 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 and we as adults just hover over that child. It's like, oh, it's such, you know, it, it, it just brings this great favor. They become the sparkle of our eye. And then at some point, between two and three or three and four, that all changes, Right? And it continues to go downhill after that, you know. Because what, I mean, I'm joking, but what happens? What happens? This happens with us. It happens with us as adults too. What we were once as a sparkle in someone's eye, man, I want that. That's an awesome, you know, that's cool. And then we start working for that. And it's like, that's something you don't work for. That's something you really don't attain. That's something that's just given naturally. Like a child, they're, they're just they're at the center of attention because it's just they're just they're just them. And then at some point, it all kind of shifts, and it's like it can either go in a very negative way because they become so self. This is human behavior can become so self-centered because man, I love that attention. But the point is, in our innocence, or in that sense of innocence, and I want to read a passage of scripture or a passage from a book called Living from the Heart. Jesus gave you. And it talks about this, this, this whole concept here. It says, in a child's first, and I'm going to read it verbatim. It says, in a child's first two years, the desire to experience joy in loving relationships is the most powerful source in life. In fact, some neurologists now say that the basic human need is to be the sparkle in someone's eye. When you catch a glimpse of a child's face as, the, as she runs toward an awaiting parent with arms, outstretched in unrestrained joy, 
You can witness firsthand that incredible power that comes from being the sparkle of someone's eye. When this joy is the strongest force in a child's world, life makes sense. Because children look forward to moments when they can reconnect to joy by being with their beloved. Wonderfully enough, that innocent, pure desire that begins in childhood continues throughout life. Life makes sense and is empowered by joy when people are in relationship with those who love them and are sincerely glad to be with them. Some of us, we like to be rogue warriors. We like to be cavalier. We like to be on the outskirts of things. I think because, not because we say, well, I'm just that independent. I think a lot of it is because some of us have been burnt. And it's hard to get close to people because this is what, I think this is what most of us desire deep down. I think it's that, I think it's something that's placed inside of us by God so that we would be, we would be drawn to God. The problem is that they, it can become an idol and we, and we want that from something else that can't produce that. But how good it feels when we're in the presence of a loved one that truly loves. That's why family is those of us that have healthy families. And I get that some of us come from an unhealthy family. But those of us that have healthy, those of you that have healthy families, there's nothing better. As my kids used to say, more better. You ever notice how you start talking like your kids after a while? There's nothing more better, quote unquote, than being with your family that accepts you for who you are. Where you can truly be yourself. And you are who you are with your family. There's nothing better than that. And you see, that's, what, that's the way it is when we experience God and have this joy, in, in, this joyful mindedness. That we are the sparkle of His eye. You see, a lot of times, this, this can reveal why so many of us struggle with the subject of joy in church. This is why some of us in church have a hard time being full of joy because we, we see God differently. Some of us view God differently where He's the judge, man. He's ready to zap us. He's ready to fry us. And I get, I mean, we can get on this whole road of holiness, and I agree with you. But I also want to challenge you that in the same coin, you can flip it over and find this incredible joy that God has for us when we're in His presence. Why do you think God pursues you? Is it because you deserve salvation? God pursues you because you are the joy of His... I mean, you are the sparkle of His eye. It's nothing that you do. It's all who He... It's all about Him. But when we finally get that and understand it, that's when those of us that have salvation can experience this incredible, unspeakable joy that we find favor with our Heavenly Father. That He loves us. That He adores us. That He sent His Son to take on our sins and to die on a cross for us. Something that is so hard, really, to understand from a human perspective. But God absolutely loves us. Jesus says in John 16.24, He says, Until now you've asked for nothing in My name. And He says, Ask and you will receive so that... Joy, your joy may be made full. Did you get that? Jesus said to his disciples, Until now, until now, you have asked for nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, so that your joy 
may be made full. Once we experience the light of God, the joy of God, and we, you know, and we, and, and we're in His presence, and we give Him the highest glory, we experience the deepest joy that floods our souls because we realize that the kingdom is one of joy. The kingdom is one of joy, and furthermore, we never have to leave that. And so, the next thing I want to share with you is joy brings strength. Joy. Uh, is the uh, joy brings strength and and, and um, th- there's a passage if you would if you would turn with me to Nehemiah I want to share a passage with you because in the Old Testament we see a lot of God's destructive side right you know in in the Old Testament we see a lot of blood you know not, in fact that's been some stumbling blocks for individuals where they say where they say I just can't see a loving God interacting in the in the Old Testament but I want to share with you a passage of scripture that I think brings some of this delight found in Nehemiah chapter eight. And I want to reflect on this for a few moments and talk about how God's, how, how when we experience, or give Him our highest glory, we experience the deepest strength. Up until this point, Nehemiah was, uh, was a prophet. Uh, up until this point, we see the law of God being established throughout the Old Testament. In fact, it's, you know, you kind of see, again, like I said, you see the upper heavy hand of God. Um, I've talked, we've shared these stories before, but you see when someone, I mean, when someone, when God manifested himself and demonstrated himself, there's a lot of times he would just do it in a very powerful way, a, a way that would shock other people. Um, uh, one of the ways that, um, that, that comes to my mind very quickly is if you remember the time where they were moving the Ark of the Covenant, remember that time? And I believe his name was, uh, I forget, his, his Aza or something like that. They were moving the Ark of the Covenant, and where they were going, they, one of them, somebody stumbled, okay? And his automatic reflex, he's carrying this. Remember, they had poles. This is, they were never ever to touch the Ark of the Covenant because that's where God resided, correct? He resided, they had the cherubim uh, and the seraphim on top, and where the wings came, and God's presence rested there. This whole thing represented God. That was their, that was their physical and symbi- uh, their, their, how they would see God in a physical sense, in a way. And so they were told never to touch it. And so they had these long poles that ran kind of on the outside. They had loops that poles would run through. And so you'd have one guy on the other end, or how many of you had, but they would carry it that way so they would never touch that. Well, there was a point where they were moving it, uh, and I don't know if they had it on a cart or what the, how the story went, but as they were moving it, one of them slipped, and the thing started to rock. And instinctively, instinctively, this guy reaches out to study it, and God kills him right on the spot. Don't touch it. I'm thinking, in that story, I'm thinking, thank goodness that was not me, because I think that would be an inst- I mean, how many times do you ever think about something when you're walking and you stumble or something stumbles, and you just automatically reach out to study it? And God killed him right on the spot. And King David at the time, he was king, he went to God, and he, he complained. He said, God, what in the world are you doing? You're scaring the people to death. And I think God was probably like, that's exactly what I want to do. I want them to understand how holy I am. Throughout the Old Testament, we, we see God moving in very dramatic ways that way. And again, as I said, for some of us, that's, that's a stumbling block. We can't get, we, there's some people that can't get past that. They can't see a, a loving God through that. But there's a situation, there's a time that we can kind of extract out of the Old Testament.
found in Nehemiah where we see something different. We see a different picture painted here that, that lends itself to see that joy, there's times even in the Old Testament where joy brings strength. And in Nehemiah chapter 8, verses 9 through 11, I want to read this passage to you, and I want you to see that there's a different side of this. He said, where they kind of saw the New Testament God show up. And he says this, And Nehemiah was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. And it says, Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine, and send portions to anyone who has nothing ready for this day. It is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So the Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be quiet, for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. In this story, again, like I'm, what I'm sharing with you, these people hadn't heard the law at this time. These people, this, there's a huge group assembly here, and they begin to teach, and people were standing. And as they begin to hear the word of God, they, become very, they became very convicted, realizing that, wow, we are not in the right place. And automatically, or they were moved by emotion and conviction, and they begin to cry, and they begin to weep. And the people teaching, literally, as one commentator says, the people teaching literally would come down to the people and walk up to the people and say, it's okay. This is not a time to weep. This is not a time to weep. But they were grieving over their sins, over their, their unholiness before God, and the people were very stirred and moved, and the teachers came down literally in the midst of the people saying, don't cry, don't cry, don't cry. And they tried to teach them, this isn't a moment to cry, this is a different moment. And what God was saying, my joy is your strength. Don't cry, don't weep right now, celebrate. Celebrate because you're in my presence. And I'm going to give you joy. And my joy is your strength. My joy is what's going to get you through. My joy is what's going to get you through life. Again, grieving and weeping over sin is, is very consistent with, with, our, with our position in holiness. But in this particular time, God was saying, this is different. I want you to rejoice. I want you to know that I'm God. I want you to know that I am here. And it's the power of celebration that brought this power of joy. Their responsibility now was to run out among the people. Again, the priests, the teachers, was to run out to say, rejoice, celebrate, because God is here. God is giving you standing in the presence of God. Not condoning what they have been doing, but saying, that you understand the law and understanding what God is saying to you is to become the point of your joy. And because of that, they had this birth of their joy. As the worship teams come back, we're going to, we're going to close with a couple more songs here. But I just wanna, I want to challenge us by, by asking the question again, how many of us are truly filled with joy this morning? God's saying... You spend time in my presence, that's, ex that's automatically what's going to happen. So, again, there may be some of you sitting in here this morning, you don't have this relationship with God, but God, the good news is, the gospel of it is, God, Jesus has been, is pursuing you. Jesus wants to have this rich relationship with you. There's some of us sitting in here this morning, we've been Christians, but our joy, if we would be truthfully honest, our joy is situational. It flee, it's, it, it's like on a fleeting moment. One time we have it, one time we don't. And it's across the board. That's not true joy. 
True joy is found in the radiant presence of God. And again, as I said, one of these days when we enter heaven, those of us that have received this, this gift of salvation and our reward, we're going to experience a time that is just completely full of joy. But let's not forget that we can have that joy on this side of eternity as well. That the presence of God found through His Son, Jesus Christ, gives us this unspeakable joy. Guys, that's what it means to witness. That's what it means to go out into a broken world, to share with the world, hey, things can be vastly different for you. The problem is, if we as Christians don't have joy, and we're going out with this disposition that everything is wrong, what do you have that someone else would want? That's not representing Jesus in the correct way. And I'm not asking you to fabricate that. I'm simply inviting you to change it. That God is here. Jesus is here this morning to say, let's get this straight. I, I'm the one to give you joy. And when you give me the highest glory, you are going to be filled with the deepest joy. There's a correlation there. You understand? When we give God our highest glory, that's when we receive the deepest joy. Maybe we're not receiving our deepest joy because we're not giving God our highest glory. There's a correlation, I think, that we can make there. And so this morning, our challenge is, are we truly giving God our, our highest glory? Not horizontal, not mankind, not situational, situ, not situational things, but God. Are we giving God our highest glory? Experiencing His deepest peace. Experiencing this favor that comes to us and rests upon us. And experiencing this deep, deep joy that goes beyond anything that we may experience here in this life. I'm going to close with a word of prayer and I just want to I just want to share with you as we sing this next song let it be a time of response. If you're sitting here this morning and you don't have joy, man, can we pray about it? Let's let's pray about it together. Let's come and let's pray about it together. Let's let some of the elders pray with you and let's let's pray so because when you leave here this this could be the 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 best holiday season you've ever experienced because you truly have have encountered truly encountered the one the author that can give us joy let's pray Father. again i just thank you so much for your word i thank you that uh, as we look at your word we can find not only conviction but we can find freedom and we can find we can find you standing there with your arms wide open telling us how much you love us and how much you want to fill us with your presence and fill us with these amazing gifts and blessings, as Paul writes, that you just so lavishly want to give us, these unmerited things, by just having a relationship with you. Father, I pray that your spirit would just convict here this morning. I pray that if there are souls that are wandering today, wandering around today, that they might find you that they might give their heart to you and begin to experience you in a way they've never experienced you. And Father, if there are those in here that are, we're believers, but man, we've gotten off track someplace. And, and truth be known, we're not full of joy. And we can say, we can point to all these external things. Father, would you help us to arrest our, deception, our deceived thinking? and come and give it to you.
and realize that it's not based upon those things. It's based upon you. And may we find you once again too. May we be recharged and renewed and refreshed. And Father, wherever we're at here today, I pray that we would be able to respond to you in the way you would have us to respond. And we pray all this and ask all this in the powerful name of your Son, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ.